think so. I think that I may be the voice of my generation. He's the titular world! In the sense that you know what I mean? Or at least a voice of a generation. Hello, welcome to Gatekeeping, where we take a deep dive into a pop culture phenomenon and decide if we let it through our gate. Hello. Do we, (laughs) is it weird that we say hello every episode, like we're, you know, answering the door? Or do you think it's fine? (laughs) Is this part of the episode? Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) It is. We're in the podcast right now, James. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just. yes. Hello. It's kind of um, metatextual. Exactly. I like to, you know, I like to welcome our guests. It's like I'm bringing them in. Right. Listeners, they're sitting down with us, just having a chat. We want them to feel comfortable. (laughs) Hello. Would you like a drink, a glass of wine? (laughs) Hello. Yes. Well, welcome. (laughs) Welcome back to Gatekeeping. What is is this voice? I don't know. This is Doubtfire. Oh, have you seen? No. (laughs) <laughs> Don't piss me off. <laughs> um, so we are here to talk about the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds of Sake, which you would know from the, the title, title of if it. you read it, if you even read it. Well, I mean, we did tell you to do your homework last week, and <laughs> unlike the week before, we came back and we yes, are delivering. But first, um, uh, it's the- been a big week for movies. The movies are back. <laughs> the strike is over. Yes. The movies are back. So, um, well, we went to the premiere of um, Hunger Games on Tuesday. Um, which I think we we're the, to- young, the oldest people in yes, the room. We'll talk about that in detail later. But um, also went to the other sort of big event was the um, opening night of Saltburn. The Wednesday night coma. Uh, so Palace Cinemas um, preview. No, sorry. When was it? When the fuck? We Thursday. Opening night. <laughs> sparkling champagne on arrival. Um, oh, did you get that? Yes. What time did you see it? I went to the 7 p.m. Oh, I went to the 8.45. Yes. You so. couldn't afford the 7 p.m. No, I could afford. I just didn't want to. <laughs> I said, I don't need to be dropping $30 for- 25 an, Oh. An Emerald Fennell film. Well, okay. So to talk you through my experience at the Palace Como- um, so I got there, mm-hmm. of course, it's very busy. Of course. Um, I said, I, I was there alone too. I went alone. <laughs> um, keep, in, keep in mind folks at home. I did invite Sam to come to the West Garth session with me. 8.45, too late. Anyway. Too late. But anyway, I thought I'll get a small popcorn, um, because I, I knew in advance they wouldn't have lolly bags, <laughs> which I've complained about a lot. Um, it's insane. I can't believe they don't have lolly bags. It really doesn't quite make sense that they don't have them. It really, it's upsetting. Again, why you should have come to Westgarth? I got my big old lolly bag. Yes. Well, it would have been a bit late for me to mm. have those sweets at 8.45. Mm. So, but you know, 7 p.m. it's okay. Yeah. But you know, like I don't really get why other locations have the lolly bags. Every like, location except for the Coma. Pentridge has them. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. The the CEO, I'd like to speak to them. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I was like, I'll get a small popcorn, went, lined up for the, um, you know, the candy bar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just like, I'm standing there, I'm like practicing what I'm going to say, like in my head, I'm like, just, you know, small popcorn, like, and then I go up, um, the guy serving me was like, kind of like more attractive than I sort of anticipated you yeah. know what I mean yeah. um and then I got up and he was like oh what can I get you and I was like oh small uh, small but 
small popcorn <laughs> like I was some sort of moron um and so then I got that got into the cinema spilled my uh complimentary champagne all over my pants oh, uh, fool. which you know what are you gonna do but that's okay um and then saw Saltburn which I have to um shout out the woman who uh, so I didn't really enjoy the movie Saltburn, which so this is like the new Emerald Fennell, Jacob Elordi, um, Barry Keegan, 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 um, Barry Keegan, and I didn't love it, but um, I felt a lot of kinship with the woman who was sitting two seats away from me, who was also there alone, and it, we were in an Inchball cinema. Um, like <laughs> everyone was laughing, laughing, laughing. Like everyone, and when I say everyone, I mean like the people who are like fifty. Um, but she, you, you didn't itch ball throughout the film. No. Oh, I itch balled many times. I did like, a few, like a few times, but you know, people were like, ah! it was, it was very um, the menu brained where it's like, oh yeah, people laughing to sort of show everyone that they get it, you yeah. know. But I'm like, let's relax. Yeah, I think it was. Um, but sorry, what I went yeah, to say yeah, is she also did not laugh. Like she just <laughs> sat there, me and her, our arms like crossed. Um, and we were just, we were together in that yeah. sense. Yeah. I, I kind of feel a kinship in that way, in the sense that like all the people in my cinema were laughing, except for when I laughed at the eating disorder joke. What joke was that? She had pudding for fingers. Oh, that yeah. That really yeah. said me and Grace. Fingers for pudding. Fingers for pudding, whatever. <laughs> Um, I just felt it a bit kind of like, um, oh, how outrageous. Like people are saying this on oh, screen. Literally. It was a bit like Emerald Fennell. I will, I, she really can't stick a landing to save herself. I don't think like, cause I rewatched Promising Young Woman recently and I will, I will come on and say that when that movie came out, I was, I was very pro Promising Young Woman at the time. It won an Oscar. It won an Oscar indeed. <clears throat> um, and upon reflection and like with a millisecond of critical thinking, I was able to be like, maybe this isn't mm-hmm. <laughs> what it's all cracked up to be. And I, re- I rewatched it and I had like, I didn't hate it, but I was like, she kind of builds these worlds and you're in them. And then all of a sudden she kind of like pulls the rug out from under you. And you're like, why did you do that? Yeah. Like this, like, it feels like you're just like trying to do something cool and crazy. And like, especially with Saltburn, because like, Obviously, I don't want to spoil it because I feel like a lot of people are still going to see it. But, like, the th- all the reviews that I had read or, like, the early words were basically, like, it's all right. And then the third act just goes absolutely off chops. And I was like, all right. And then it all happened. And it was just like, let's see what crazy shit we can do. You think we're going crazy? We're going to go even crazier. We're going to do this, this, this. And then it's just kind of like, okay. Yeah, I just found it... Um very shallow like in the way it's just kind of being like rich people are so stupid and silly and like this sick little freak is gonna shake things up and it it just kind of it's supposed to be a satire but I feel like it just really didn't have anything to say beyond um oh how silly are rich people and wealth makes people vapid and not caring about other people it's very talented Mr. Ripley exactly but um talented Mr. Ripley is a good film. Yeah. And, exactly. and I, I feel like um also Barry Keane's character just like he, he doesn't there's really no, he's not really a character. He's just like an a evil guy. Like there's no like it'd be interesting if we like had some reasoning as to why he did what he did, but it was just kind of like 
I'm here to fuck shit up, basically. Yeah, like, and I guess he was kind of in love with Jacob Elordi's character, yeah. but it just, it's just like... There is one scene with, well, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, but just bathwater. Oh, well, yes. So, well, we can say it. He drinks uh, his bath. I mean, like we know, yes, he drinks. Yeah, he drinks Jacob Elordi's bathwater and... I said one glass of that, please. I felt seen in that moment. <laughs> One, I'm at the club being like, one glass of Jacob Elordi bathwater, please. <laughs> please. One round for the girls of Jacob Elordi bathwater. <laughs> um, I would love to have that in a cocktail glass with like a little- mm, A um, lime wedge. Yes, a lime a little, wedge. On the rocks, if you will. You remember in Sex in the It's like the new Cosmo. Um, <laughs> why did we stop drinking <laughs> these? Because everyone else started. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a, a very important key scene. Yeah. And also, the ending like if you know you know the last shot the, oh the the sound oh oh yeah no um yeah i was thinking about the bit where he rips the thing out and it makes it oh no no, that. no. also it's like um like i like to see rosamund pike in a movie like i'll always celebrate that yeah but it just feels very i mean and, and this isn't just her but the whole thing just felt very um emerald Fennell being like What's a funny line? Mm. Yeah, well, you know, which, I, liked, which, I think Rosamund Pike was the best part of the film, in my opinion. And I just love her. It's just kind of like. It's like very, like, I've seen her do it before, and that's why I loved it. You know, well, what not I mean? even that. It's just, I feel like it's one of those things written for like um, gay guys to scream about, you know what I mean? Which is <laughs> okay to do, but it's more like, you oh, know, when oh, that, that clip of her being like, I was a lesbian once, started doing the rounds, I was like, here we go. Yeah, but it, she said it was too wet or too something. Too wet. I'm just kind of like. Oh. Men are very lovely and dry. Yeah, but um, I mean, also Carrie Mulligan was the best part of the film. Actually. She had like two scenes, right? Exactly. Yeah. And she was just like vapid and insane and had this insane wig. Yes, the and wig I, was pretty crazy. I'm obsessed. I love Carrie Mulligan. Yes, we know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Rosamund was just playing her character from An Education, but like 20 years later. Have you seen An Education? Yes, I don't remember. Fabulous her, film. Yes. Fabulous. We're not here to talk about that. <laughs> we should be. Um, yeah. Overall, the guys were hot. I thought it was shot very gorgeously. Oh, she's got a great eye for aesthetic. Yes. And like, that's about it. Oh. <laughs> and it's very interesting. She's like casting these aspersions about rich people, but didn't she do like her promising a woman press tour from her castle? <laughs> I mean, her name's Emerald Fennell. Like, that says it all. I I feel bad because I want to like her stuff. Like, I feel like I should like her back this current moment. Have you watched Killing Eve? I watched season two. Yeah, I watched her season. Yes. Um, Which was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I gave up on Killing Eve. I think I I got that. Yes, I think we have all had that experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm like, I want to like you, but do better. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I'm like, I feel like you've got good bones. I feel like you need to, maybe she needs to work with a second screenwriter. Right. And like. And who should that be? Diablo Cody. (laughs) Should be Sam McGowan. Well, yes. No, no. You can do the next Barbie. Emerald Fennell and Sam Sam McGowan McGowan. take on Bratz. We'll be doing, yeah, like the Polly Pocket type thing. Well, that's Lena. Yes, I'll be working with her. Now, Lena and Emerald. Let's get those two minds in a room. I don't think so. I don't think so. I also wanted to, so I I saw another movie this week. I went to see Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. Uh, The Addison Rae joint, isn't it? Yes, it's an (laughs) Eli Roth movie. It, I don't know if you ever watch 
watched like the Grindhouse movies, like Death Proof and the other No. One. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, just a flat no. No. <laughs> um, so it's like a, they did fake trailers for this and this was one that Eli Roth made, uh, okay. which they then made into a real movie. Wow. Because they that. did that with like Machete, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's the latest in the <laughs> fake trailer universe. Love that. They made Machete a movie? Yeah. I guess yeah, because Gaga was in it. Sure. I think she does the machete kills. Oh, great. Great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Thanksgiving, um, it's about, uh, these teens, you know, it's like a slasher movie, mm -hmm. um, teens being killed by the, the, uh, I don't know. I don't really know much about Thanksgiving, but a key figure from Thanksgiving mm -hmm. <laughs> is killing them. Um, but I'm here to say it's great. It's, I think out of the three, um, you know, big movies I saw this week, this was my favorite. Interesting. Um, it's a really, you know, it knows like the generic conventions of the slasher. Like it's very loving in that sense. Okay. Um, it's very bloody. It's, you know, it's hilarious. Um, Addison Rae's in yeah, it. Yeah, how is she? Was she? She's great. Was I she mean, the final girl? She's a star. No, she's she's not. She's a supporting character. Okay. Um, but you really just can't ask for more from a film. Yeah. Like, we did it. We did it, Joe. Yeah, so if you see one movie this week, go and see that. Thanksgiving. Yeah. If you, if you can handle, like, it's not realistic gore. It's cartoonish stuff. But yeah. um, it is quite bloody. Um, is Ethan Hawke in that or did I imagine that? No, Patrick Dempsey is in it. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, different man. Yeah, McDroomy. Yes. Uh, um, will you be watching Thanksgiving? I don't think I will. <laughs> Why I don't is think that? I will. Um, busy. With what? <laughs> um, I saw, I, did, I saw the, a different movie yesterday. I'm going to the movies tonight. <laughs> Lots of movies. Just not enough time for Thanksgiving. Fuck you. I'm seeing, I saw a concert documentary yesterday and tonight I'm going to go see two Ingmar Bergman films. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm quirky. Yes. And different. Sure. Anyway. Anyway. Now, um, Sam, are you coming to the tree? <laughs> so we went to the tree on Tuesday night. Um, so we went to the premiere event. Um, thank you to one of our listeners, Hunter, for thank you, Hunter. organizing that. Um, and the way that I was walking around work being like, mm, yeah, we got tickets to the premiere. And they're like, oh, through the podcast. So I was like, in the sense that, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, which um, was full of people who were, I reckon, 13 or 14. Yeah, um, it was a fascinating crowd. So it was an incredibly exclusive event. 13 or 14 year olds <laughs> and like influencers that nobody's heard of. Me. So us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Um, all the coolest kids from year 10 were there. Yeah, literally, literally I was waiting in line and a girl rocked up in her school uniform and her friends huddled around her as she got changed at the, at, out front of the pancake pile at Melbourne Central. That's very Katniss Everdeen. Literally. Um, but they had like this fashion show, RMIT fashion show. Yes. Which you'd Instagram for because James, you were a fucking old woman at this premiere. Like, whole time like... I'm, I need to go and get a seat. I need us oh, to get, need a good seat. I need us to get a good seat. I'm not fucking around. <laughs> it wasn't assigned seating. And I said, I'm just going to sneak in. I'm get like, us a seat. I'm like, oh, they're doing a fashion show. Isn't that fun? Mm, I need to go and get a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I feel like I was there with my grandma. Like. <laughs> and were the seats good though? Yeah, they were. They were bit, great. Bit far back from my taste, but that's fine. Well, it was on the extreme screen. I didn't want to be too close. Yes. Um, um, but it was a lovely. Evening. It was a lovely evening. We got G and T's with gold oh, yeah. shit in it. Was there that was free? gold stuff in it? Yeah, it had like gold leaf or whatever. Really? I yeah. just sucked that down. Didn't even notice. 
Um, wow, how special. Yeah. Gold leaf. Gold leaf. Hello. I don't think it was real gold. Yeah, that was, they were $20 each. So Oh, you, you paid for them? Transfer. No, they were free. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, I mean, they're very expensive jeans. I really splurged on you with the gold leaf. I said, let's get the best drink. Let's get the gold leaf G&T. Anything for James at the Hunger Games. So you just, yeah, f- transfer me $50. Um, I don't have your details. Can you send them to me? We'll exchange after the, after we've recorded. Yeah. Um, but so the movie, the movie. <laughs> um, now you've read the novel, of course. The novel, yes, I have. The novel, yeah, which I quite enjoyed. I say that. really enjoyed the novel, yes. and I read it like the day it came out. Yes, and I was very like hyped up. And then I reread it like a year ago, and I was like, this holds up. I like this. Great, great so to hear. It's, you know, it wasn't just. It holds you know, up after being published in 2020. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I, aged well. Well, I mean, it came out in lockdown. I was very like. It was like looking back and like wanting to like look at the Hunger Games and like be nostalgic and whatever. And I was like, this is great. And then rereading it without that context, I was like, oh, this is still pretty good. This is a solid, yeah. Yeah, I was, movie early reactions were like quite good, but then- Very effusive. But then, you know, one star in The Guardian. So I was like, what's going to happen here? Um, So, I mean, overall- um, I wasn't crazy about the movie. It was a very, it was good. Like full stop, period. Good. <laughs> I had a good time. Yeah, it was fine. Didn't love it. Didn't hate it. It was good. Yeah. It was a three star. Like not the star ratings or whatever, but like it's so middle of the road. I'm fine. chipping away at your belief in the star rating <laughs> system, which is my only goal <laughs> in my life to spread this agenda of not using stars. Um, <laughs> even though I did mention The Guardian giving it a one star, but... <laughs> Um, guys, let's, let's not use stars. Maybe like, uh, not stars, but like on a scale of like <laughs> one to five. <laughs> it's like. One to five. Um, one to five gates. One to five keys out of five. What? <laughs> keys. I keys said, to the gate. Three keys mm, to the gate out of three five Three keys gates. to the gate yes. in five gates. Um, yeah, that's probably more. Yeah. I gave it. Three keys. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the movie, I, I mean, initially what I was, I, I mean, through the whole thing, but like they kind of bring you back into the universe, I think very well. Yeah. Um, it has like this, cause this is set during the 10th Hunger Games. So, yeah, it's, so it's, it's still, you know, they're recovering from the war. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. It's well, not yes. the Hunger Games that we know. It's yes. not high tech. It's not. It has this sort it's of. Not, it's not your, not your mother's Hunger Games. <laughs> Well, it is your mother's <laughs> hunger game. It might even be your grandmother's <laughs> hunger game. It's um, yeah, the, it's, it has this kind of like fifties, sixties aesthetic going on, like yeah. um, retro future. It's fascinating because it's like dystopian, so it's like in the future, but it's very like rootin' tootin' old timey. Yes, <laughs> it's rootin' tootin' old timey, which is like, that was on the mood board. Yeah, Francis Lawrence said rootin' tootin'. Yes, um, immediately from the first scene. Well, it opens with the, the flashback type thing, but the first proper scene, I was like, okay, like President Snow is Hot looking good. <laughs> <laughs> like the first shot we see of him in the film, it's like a wide, he's sitting on his bed shirtless, like just Skinny, wearing these little like, pants. Oh. <laughs> and he's like got the bleach blonde. Yeah, I yeah. was like, wait That's a minute. a twink in distress if I've ever seen one. I was like, oh. On the extreme screen. Literally. Like, this is, it's bad. This is going to be the new Timothy Chalamet's feet. 
Well, yeah, bare feet in the opening shot. Literally. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up, James. Uh, I'm uh, sure you are. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That reminds me, I saw Stop Making Sense last night, and uh, oh. yesterday, and the trailers that they played before that were Mean Girls, the movie musical, and Wonka. Two musicals, like, that makes sense. Makes total sense. Stop Making Sense. It was so rogue. I was like, interesting. No, that's, they're saying, these people sing musicals. Here's two more coming yeah, Exactly. Out. It makes total sense. Mm. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. I, and he lo- he looks very good. I mean, he's shirtless a lot. Yeah. In this movie. Mm. Um, and yeah. I I'm mean, here for it. Well, yes. I mean, when I saw the first initial trailers and the pictures, I was like, I don't know if he's hot. But yeah. seeing it, <clears throat> seeing him in action. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. And do you remember this shot in, in particular in part three when um, he is so minor spoiler when he's like. I feel like in general we might talk spoilers. <clears throat> so yes, if you don't want the Hunger Games ballad to the song Birds and Snakes spoiled. <laughs> tune out. Tune out. Get out of here. Go see it and come back. Um, so part three, when he's becoming a peacekeeper yeah. and he gets his head shaved, it's very Natalie. Oh my Portman. God. Yes. It's very Anne Hathaway. I dream to dream. Literally, he had a dream his life would be. Yes. He gets his head shaved on camera, which is also, so it adds, you know, another element to his hotness. Like, but I did prefer the long hair. Yeah. No, I'll say definitely. that. But he's, he gets like this swab in his mouth. Do you remember this? Do you remember the specific shot I'm talking about? I don't think so. Oh. The swab in the mouth. Oh my god! It was that like after he got the like, hose down because I remember that. No, it was before. So okay. he gets his head shaved and then they swab his mouth and the shot is like <laughs> it's a very horny shot. I will <laughs> say that it's like he he's like sitting down and he's like got his mouth open and he's like looking up at the person doing it <laughs> while they like run a swab around his a mouth. COVID test. I was blushing. I was like, oh my God. And you know, I watched this through the lens of thinking that Francis Lawrence was a gay guy. Yeah. Cause we never figured that out. No, he's not. He's not. I looked it up yesterday. Cause I remember we had this discussion. No, he's married. Isn't With he? With kids. With even. children. But I think he's culturally a gay guy. Yeah. Totally. yeah and you know, yeah. that's what you get from this film even because it is very gay guy. Oh, absolutely. And, and the costuming, like. Oh. Fabulous. President Snow wearing a skirt. Oh my God, he was giving non-binary baddie from- (laughs) He was giving he, they. He, they, they. gaslighter, manipulator. Gaslighter. It was quite shocking uh, to put the toxic twink in a- In a skirt. In a a skirt, the whole movie. Um, But it was real. It was real. I I know him. I know, sorry, I know them. I've seen them. (laughs) He, they. I've seen he, they. At Edinburgh Gardens. Yes. Like. At Thursday. At Thursday. <laughs> at foul play. Many places. Many places around this town. I just think um, I totally understand uh, Lucy Gray's type. Like. Yeah. I would. I would. Is what I'm saying. I would. Yeah. Now, Lucy Gray. Well, no. Let's. Well. <laughs> well, so part one. So it's setting to three parts yeah um part one we're just kind of like getting back into the world yeah it's the world building but it also kind of i think the thing about this adaptation is i don't think it lends itself to film in the sense that there's so much that needed to be covered that the first and last acts felt so rushed oh interesting i I think it would do a miniseries i know that's like (laughs) such an eye roll but like a miniseries three-part miniseries (laughs) bang it out. That'd be great. Okay. I, 
Yeah. Well, part one, um, I I quite enjoyed most of it until part three, but um, Hunter Schaefer plays Tigress yes. in the movie. Um, now, if y'all don't know, if you don't know the name Tigress, it might be ringing some bells. From Mockingjay. From Mockingjay. Yes, she helps. Part two, she helps, she helps Katniss and the team. Yes. That tiger lady. The team. She's cunty. She leaned into her name in the Literally. end. Literally. Uh, I I like the casting of Hunter Schaefer and mm. I think she's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and she's beautiful in this movie. But I don't know, her acting, I was like, it was a lot of like hand acting. Yeah. Like, I don't Choreo. know. What are you doing? Because she's a good actress. Like, she's great in Euphoria. Yeah. I think the problem with a lot of the characters in this film is because we didn't have enough time with them, they were so thinly drawn that like there wasn't, a character there it was more of just like an idea yeah maybe she didn't have much to do yeah i like she isn't in much of the book but like she wasn't in much of the movie like at all yes like i thought she would be in a lot like the way that she's like she's not like third or fourth bill but like she's heavily featured in like all of the promotional material and, and she's like, been serving her ass off on the red carpet. oh she's been eating everyone at home she's like, she's to do she's carrying this press tour literally like uh, rachel was not as good as Angela, but like she's still doing some really cool stuff but she's not serving her ass off i think she is mm. you're a rachel ziegler hater you're part of the problem that's so not true yeah I think it might be. <gasps> Where are you getting this from? You, right now. From that comment I just made, yep. you should die. Yeah. I um, know, uh, I like her. I think she's great in the movie. Um, but anyway, part one is just kind of like, oh, also, listen, Suzanne Collins, that's her name, right? Yes. What, so, like, we're in this movie and every, there's a character named Sejanus Plinth. <laughs> I was like, what Suzanne Collins? What? Oh, some what? of the names. She was smoking crack. <laughs> like I know she was bored as hell at home. Like Coriolanus, Coriolanus Snow, Sejanus, Sejanus Plant. Why does everyone have like Clementia Dovecote, the anus? Like, what do you call that when it's like on the end Suffix. of the word? Yeah. Why is everyone the anus? Like from the anus. Sejanus, family. <laughs> I'm like, you ca- You cannot look me in the eye, Suzanne, and tell me that you actually did name a character Sejanus Plinth. <laughs> that is so fucking stupid. She's co-working, you know, it's like, it's like dystopian future. It's crazy. Honestly, if we get to a year when everyone is named should Sejanus Plinth, kill me now. <laughs> I'm not going to be a part of that no, world. No, you're not going to be a part. You'll be blasted to smithereens. <laughs> Yeah, no, some of the, like, all of the, um, the capital kids have, like, such, like, funky, cool names. Yes, it's, like, a little too funky. Yeah, what's, like, oh, the girl, um, Clemencia, and then there's, like, the red, the, the dark-haired girl who's, like, his partner, love her, I forgot her name. Maybe she is Clemencia. Oh, from the school? Yeah. Right. And then there's the one that gets, like, bitten. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, Arachne, Arachne Crane. Who's that? She was one of the girls. I think she's the one that got killed by the tribute in the zoo oh right yeah. rest in that peace. was arachne yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rest in peace right i okay. read i read i know yes yes um i the movie um really kicked off for me when they got into the hunger games oh that was the best part yes like by far um the scene where the games begin and it's kind of from lucy gray's perspective yeah and it's like 
a lot of this movie shot very wide. Mm. It's almost, it's like no man land. This is a spiritual sequel to no man land. <laughs> um, yeah. She, when she goes into the arena and it's, it's funny because like Francis Lawrence having directed three of these already, like, I guess it's hard to kind of approach these same things from a new perspective. perspective. And I think he did a great job of, um, cause there's of course that iconic scene in catching fire when she iconic. comes up. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's part of cinema history. Oh, right? literally. So, they're, you know, how are you going to, they're going to be talking about that for years and we Weddings, have graduations, <laughs> yeah. funerals. And we have been. So, you know, it's like, how are we going to, how are we going to top that? Or how are we going to do something different? But so in this one, it's like wide, it's from her perspective and it's just like fucking chaos going around, yeah. around her. It's like very well choreographed. Um, that was my favorite bit of the film. That was, I was gagged and that yeah. actually like I was seeing their mouth open, like, Oh my God. He knows how to, he knows how to enter the games. He's done it again. And as I know you weren't a huge fan of this bit, but also the bit where the bombs go off in the arena. Yeah. I thought that was quite stunning too. Cause it's similar thing. It's like one shot. It's a wide angle is just like chaos unfolding around them. That was like the first thing that they filmed as well. Really? Yeah. How do you know that? Rachel posted it. You're Rachel. like a huge Rachel. Your friend Rachel. My Ra- Rachel. I love Rachel. It seems like that. Uh, of, I guess that's an easy shot. Yeah. You Get don't have to do much character have work. Have a bit of a runaround. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mean the bombs going off was the first one they filmed? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, no. Yeah. So. Part one, you're getting to know everyone, kind of, but not really. Um, part two, the games. Yes. The games. So we kind of get to know Lucy Gray a bit more, um, played by Rachel Ziegler, yes. um, who has a stunning voice. She does. The singing, like when she was doing it at the reaping, I was a bit kind of like, this feels kind of a little shoehorned in. Yeah, I feel like in the, co- like it's a bit cringe to watch on screen, but I think she does it well. I was a little bit worried. Well, um, like on the flip side of that, when she's singing in the arena, like to the camera, when the snakes are uh, um, coming for her, I thought that was great. Yeah. That was like, like she brought such like a anger to that. Like yeah. this is where I kind of see her, um, you know, being able to feel that place of Katniss as like this, you, you know, you believe that people love her. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because the, the audience her. does love her. Yeah. Um, and she, yeah, she's got a stunning voice. She, I don't know about her accent in this. I thought it was fine. It's a <laughs> it bit, was fine. It was just a little like, what? Yeah, I think the choice to give it like an appellation, like, I'm a, I'm a country girl. Yeah. Well, I was like, but I don't know. She's yeah, actually, well, because she did an accent in West Side Story, so she's accent queen. What was the accent in that? Um, Puerto Rican. Oh, yeah. I remember. She was great in West Side Story. Should have should have been nominated for an Oscar for that one, I say. Yeah, who was who was nominated? Um Oh look, we can't get into I it. Know. <laughs> we can't get into it. It's Don't a can of worms. Don't have time. Um yeah, she so she's in the arena and she's being hunted down by um a non-binary um <laughs> tribute. <laughs> yeah, with a with a big sword. Who was that? Who who was that? <laughs> Oh, I meant to ask you if you had a who was that of the week. Um, Cause uh, I, I, I did, but I can't talk about it for legal reasons. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. About. We're going to talk about that one later. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that so one. So did you have one? Um, do I have a who was that for the week? 
No. For those who don't know, Who Was That is our new weekly segment where we talk about um, who was who that. Who was that? <laughs> Which, you know, it can be someone from, from, it's usually just someone you've like heard about like through third hand. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, so surely you have a Who Was That. Who was that? Oh, probably, but I just, um, I'm left. I don't know what happened there. I left it. Um, I don't have a who was that, but if one comes to me throughout the recording, I will. Please stop everything. I'll, I'll stop everything. I'll say, hold on. Who was that? Well, yeah. So yeah. Like the, the way queerness operates in the ballot of sometimes, <laughs> you know, um, it kind of feeds into that, like, um, queerness as, as an aesthetic, um, principle being used by like the upper class yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to sort of signify being evil is what I'm talking about, which I'm like joking, but not really. It's, like, yeah. It's very like Viola Davis is very queenie. Oh, <laughs> very queer. Um, Jason Schwartzman, who excellent casting choice to play Stanley Tucci's, I assume grandfather or yes, father. He was great in this. Yeah. Uh, he has kind of the best, you know, the funniest lines. Yeah. Um, but, well, yeah, I could see Original Hunt Games does it too. Like, their capital is very queer-coded because, yeah. you know, they have money and, like, that signifies, like, this Extravagant and blah. Yes. Um, Every day is the Met Gala in the capital. Well, yes. And so that is why Lucy Gray is being hunted down by a non-binary um, baddie. <laughs> non-binary oh, baddie. They were giving kind of um, uh, Maggie Rogers' second <laughs> album cover, right? Like... <laughs> And they were mad as hell. They, they came into that arena mad as hell. They were running that shit like the Navy, <laughs> like their little band of kids. Their little band of misfits. Oh, that was, yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, they were. So, yeah, she's being hard to. I, I quite enjoyed all the stuff in the arena. Um, yeah, that was really strong. Yeah. And like the snakes bit, man. That's you mean Viola Davis with the... Oh, do you mean the snakes in the arena? Snakes in the arena. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... I wish we had have seen... So in the book, um, when uh, Coriolanus goes to see Viola Davis... Yeah. Um, and he takes his classmate and she lies and she yeah. gets bitten by a snake. Yeah. And then in the book, she becomes like this kind of... Yeah, she gets like scaly and like she is like not like becoming a snake, but it's like, like a mutation. Yeah. And it's like very like graphic. It's and the she's, scariest part of the book. Yeah. And they didn't fucking include it in the movie. Literally. And it, I, to me, that made everything so much scarier. Yeah. The, 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 the sense of dread, especially for Lucy was so, would be like so much more heightened because like you would be seeing what was going to happen to her. Well, and it also means that, um, What's her name? Dr. Gall. Yeah. Yes. Um, the game maker, like she is actually this incredibly twisted woman yeah. rather than just like making these snakes. She's like actually turning these kids into like these weird hybrid yeah. things. Like it's, I don't know. It just, it helped to me set the tone of it and it made her seem like a lot more of a threatening character. Yeah. Literally. The it's fact like, that she's actually just fucking up these people. Yeah. It's like very unsettling and it's, yeah. Ah. Uh. Viola ate though. She was so good. She was having so much fun in this. So my friend messaged me and was like, I love Michelle Yeoh, but Viola should have been Madame Horrible in the Wicked movie. And I said, that's correct. I think um, they'll both. They'll both eat. But I feel like I could, Viola would be great. Yes, she would. She was so like, when she like came in and she was just like, snow falls on the ground. 
phone but happens in the snow <laughs> truly I was like ah! truly She's, fantastic hey, this fucking permed out wig and like yes. one contact in the gloves the cunty the gloves and like yes. the lab coat that was just like this red fucking yeah that's it see everyone's serving down serving down boots yes well yes <laughs> um right. yeah so that's i mean that's why i assume francis Lawrence was a gay guy like yeah, this is a gay like, guy performance too literally just so like wicked Wick, the wickedly talented, wickedly talented Voluminous Gold. Oh, is that her first name? See, that's another like fucked up name. Do you have like, the book here? No. No, I think someone borrowed it. I don't know who. So I think it was someone who was on this podcast. So um, please give my book back. <laughs> if anyone, if anyone is- has Sam's copy of The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, please give it back. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. What? I just realized that. You realize who has it? No. Oh, it's not your book. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not my copy of it, but <laughs> but I still want it back. <laughs> who has Did it? Did I borrow it? No, I would have given it back. No, yeah, that's okay. We can um talk about this. Well, I'll buy it. I'll buy you a new copy because you owe me I for the drink. I owe you for the drink. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that I paid a lot of money for. You get and the I'm gold leaf. Gonna pay a lot of money for this. Also, I think they were giving out books at the premiere because I saw so many people leaving like at the train station with the book, but like the movie time <laughs> so gross. What? Literally. How did we miss that? How did we, we miss We couldn't that? have. I don't know. But there was the movie tie-in edition, which gross. Oh. What was the cover? It was like the the It like, was Carolinas in bare feet. <laughs> Just his feet. No, it was like the gold, like, um, songbird and snake and like, oh, the flowers. Yeah, like the movie logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. Mm. Anyway, um, part three is when the movie just kind of like, it doesn't go to shit, but it, it's kind of like, oh, okay. The games are over. Lucy has won. Spoiler. <clears throat> um, and then because Coriolanus cheated, he gets sent. To become a peacekeeper. I feel like we haven't mentioned that, like, the reason... That Coriolanus, like all of the all of the capital children, are assigned a, a tribute to be their mentor. So, like this is like the beginning of like the mentoring program with yes. the Hunger Games, and this is like the first time where they can like send stuff in and all that. So it's like you're getting like the foundation of the Hunger Games that we know and love. Yes, he's yeah. he's kind of like um, the person who gave it some zazz. Yeah, literally, you know, he gave it some zazz. With, you know, betting and being literally. able to send it, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. But yeah, he gets sent to be a peacekeeper in District 12. No, he is- gets sent to um, 10 and he asks to go to 12. So he goes to 12. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a very big distinct. Yep, thank you. Because, you know, he wants to go see Lucy. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, he shaves his head. There's that horny shot of the swab in his mouth. Yeah. Like, keep a look out for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, just remember it if you've already seen it. Um, <laughs> and then, so this is like, what, what bothered me about this bit is just kind of like, it kind of, the central bit of this is where um, there's like a, uprising gone wrong thing I yeah guess, they like kills. attempt to have an uprising and like two people end up dying and like they're trying to escape and run away and it just doesn't go right but i feel like again because the stakes supposedly are so high but you especially with the character of sejanus who's supposed to he's this kid that moved from district two to the capital and he's not accepted by the the people in the capital but he isn't accepted by the people in district two and like his mentor, no, his like 
tribute ends up getting killed pretty early and it's like a whole thing but like we don't get to spend enough time with this character so I like I guess I knew because I'd read the novel and I was like familiar but like I felt like there was not as much at stake because we didn't have enough time to like invest in this person it was just like this sad guy who's like a bit of a misfit and like has very strong feelings. And then... Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt the same about Lucy Gray. Yeah. Um, be- oh, Lucy Gray wasn't a character in this movie. She was just an idea. Because um, Snow is the protagonist mm-hmm. and she is this kind of Katniss um, figure. Mm. You know, it, it is kind of like, you know, I like that they didn't do it from hers because that would just be, you know, a rehash of The Hunger Games. But yeah, it's just when you compare it to Katniss where you do really get to know her and even though she's kind of a boring character, you just, I don't know, you feel with her and you kind of can empathise for her situation, whereas Lucy Gray, not so much. Yeah. Um, So then, you know, by the time he is drifting away from her, which is the central point of it is that he's becoming evil because, yeah, yeah, like he kind of loses her in a way. I just kind of was like, oh... I, I'm not caring that much about it. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I I really wish they had kind of, like, given it, it a bit more flair in part three. Like, you know, the whole, like, shootout gone wrong thing. Like, you know, they could have made it, like, Western style or, you know, it is almost like this Reservoir Dogs type thing. Yeah. And I, f- I feel like if they had just kind of, like, laid on the... Um, because it is kind of like a Western, the, the third yeah. part, in terms of the narrative elements, but there's none of like this, there's no genre really of it. Like it just kind of like lays it out as it is what it is. And I'm not saying like a total, we need to like totally change the genre for part three, but I just feel like that could have kind yeah. of given it a bit more a of like- something, because it was kind of boring. Like you need like a little bit of a- Yeah. Spice. Like let's get No Country for Old Men yeah. going on here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like it would have suited the aesthetics. I just don't really understand. Yeah. Um, but I will say Rachel Ziegler does an incredible moment of acting when um, she is singing at the bar thing yeah. and she notices him there and she kind of just like register, but she keeps singing. Yeah. And she doesn't make a big deal of it. I yeah. was like, okay. She's an actress. Well, yes. I love Rachel Ziegler. We know. And <laughs> yes. I will, I will defend that woman to the ends of the earth. Is that so? She's just, I feel like everyone hates her. It's like that Anne Hathaway thing. It's like the Disney fans hate her. Yeah. But like, I feel like I like see so much hate for her on Twitter. I'm like, she's just a We girl. really do occupy totally different parts of Twitter. Literally. Though, right? <laughs> well, she's very like, very active in like theater Twitter. Because like she's a sure. girl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I love her. I need to protect her. And I will personally <laughs> fight anyone. And also, I didn't enjoy this in the book and I didn't enjoy it in the movie. The way they're like having to tie in every single little thing. Like the fact that Lucky Flickerman is like the grandfather. Yeah. And then like um something Heavensby like runs. Oh, Heavensby Hall, he runs the school, and then like Yeah. And and when she's like in the woods and she's like it's Katniss. Oh, like, that yeah. That this thing. is like Wicked Syndrome, where this annoys me about Wicked too, where it's like we have to see her getting every little element of the costume and like every single little thing needs to be tied up to what the What do you source. mean? Like it's corny. You think the moment when she puts on the hat, the witch's hat and the cape in at the start of Defying Gravity is corny? Yeah. What is wrong with you? 
That's that's the whole point. And you're being corny right now. You get to see her become Elphaba, the wicked witch. The- I mean, maybe it's because I, I feel like it's a trope that um, Wicked was one of the first to do, really. So I think probably at the time it was like, wow. And it's been copied so much since. Yeah, no, I... I don't disagree with you. Like when she was like, oh, this is Katniss. I was like, ew. Same shit as her being gifted the hat by Glinda. No, bitch. No, bitch. No, <laughs> bitch. You're wrong. <laughs> James has never been so angry You're wrong. Life. I guess, look, the point of Wicked is literally about how the Wicked Witch became the Wicked Witch of the West, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to find that out because she's, and you like that frame of like Alphabus sitting at the at the end of the stage. When, when it's like, Burr, I'm cold, take this. And she's like wearing the cape thing. I'm and it's like, got like Ugh. the dun, dun, dun. Oh. It's just a bit too knowing for me, you know. Anyway. And and same shit with this. I'm like, uh, we don't need to have like an explanation for everything. Like we can actually just use our imaginations mm. at times. And Lucy Gray wrote the hanging tree. Yes. Now, yeah. whose rendition of the hanging show do you like better? I think Lucy Gray's was better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lucy Gray's version. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, I guess it all. It, but by the time the movie ends and Snow is like on this path to becoming, you know, just a truly evil person, I was yeah. just kind of like, it. We've had so many like narrative threads that just have kind of resolved on their own. Or mm. it's like by the time you realize this is the story, it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Well, I've had so much else going on that I can't. Yeah. Know. And like if it, it, it should have either just been like about the Hunger Games or like, because I feel like I understand the element that like, having Lucy and like developing this relationship with Lucy, like made something go in his head crazy. What? Yep. Yep. But like, I feel like, yeah, it just didn't go as smoothly as it did in the novel. Yeah. I mean, it's because of this complete tonal shift in the third part um, or narrative shift really where like, I don't know. The the first two parts, it's like you're kind of engaged with it because of Lucy, really. Yeah. And then by the third part, she's sidelined. And yeah, it just doesn't come together is no. the issue. And like, I, I feel like you don't, I didn't really see the true tension in their relationship. Um, and so the point where they do split apart at yeah. the very end it didn't really resonate with me. It didn't feel warranted because like there was no time spent with them developing their relationship at all, except for like this one bit. I did like her last line. I thought she delivered it incredibly. She's he's like, it's raining out there. She's like, I'm not made of sugar. And then, Ah. you know, that's like her last thing in the film. Like that was great. Um, But you know, I guess we'll have a sequel um, if this does well. I don't know if we will. Oh, you're a fool. If you think, I mean like, but where would we go from here? I like, mean, it's set up like we don't know where Lucy Gray is. Then. Yeah, but that's the end of the the novel. I know. Yeah. And I think like it, like Suzanne Collins was like, no, this is like a standalone novel. Like there won't be a They all say that. And they I said Big think, Little Lies was a one season thing. But I don't think we want, like, I don't think we want to see Lucy Gray again. I think like that's like the mystery of this character and like the, like, the fact that she up and disappeared. And like that's another thing that was like completely missed from the film. I mean, aside from like. I feel like it wasn't 
explained enough because like the the mystery of Lucy Gray where she got her name from is from this song which is basically about this girl who like <clears throat> goes for a walk in the snow and then disappears like her footsteps yes. just stop and she like raised is like raised up to the heavens or whatever the fuck and that's what happens to Lucy Gray at the end but like I feel like you wouldn't have got that because like she, they so offhandedly mentioned this song and then like her footsteps just stop in the mud or wherever and it's like it just it doesn't didn't have the effect that it did in the book because it wasn't like I don't need somebody to be like watch this moment here like we're putting a spotlight on this because like you need to know what's going to happen but like it felt almost like yeah there's that bit and then the end happened and I was like I feel like if you weren't as in like if you hadn't read the book or like you didn't know the, the law you wouldn't get that do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah, but no, I'm I'm just I would be very surprised if this does well and there's no sequel. Is it doing well? Uh I mean it came out on Thursday. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, opening weekend projections. Let's have a look. I haven't seen. Um I did I mean, I don't know what doing well even looks like for this movie because like I looked up the box office for Mocking J Part Two, which yeah. I think was like um it did very well. It was like over 300 million. Yeah. But you know, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, times have changed. Yeah. Teen movies were much bigger back then. Hunger Games was such a phenomenon. Even then I feel like Mockingjay was like on the tail end of like the big dystopian. Like, Absolutely. Like yeah. And you know, even cinema going habits are so different now. Yeah. So it's been, I have seen a lot of people. Oh my God. It's been really fun though. I like it had a few of my Tumblr friends that like posted and like replied to my story. And I was like, Oh, this is sweet. Cause like we all met on like hunger games Tumblr <laughs> and they were like, Oh, like I was like, Oh, explains a lot hey about girl. you. <laughs> Hope you're well. Wasn't your Tumblr name like something to do with hunger games? Uh, so my first Tumblr was Petrova Mockingjay. And then I changed yes. it to in a barrier. What's that? She's the one from catching fire with the teeth. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> a duh. Obviously. Yes. Um, but yeah, Suzanne Collins, let's get you writing another book. I would love, like, there's so much fertile ground for, like, interesting stories to be told in this universe mm. with just, like, the Hunger Games. Give us a series. Get us, like, a, <laughs> like, each, se- each season is a different Hunger Games. That'd be kind. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I mean, know. like, that's, like, a very obvious and, like, easy. Yeah. But, I, like, I like that they went down this path with this because yeah. it's not the most obvious. And it is kind of like a – I think it it is successful in kind of um, recontextualizing the character of Snow without yeah. uh, cheapening it. Or I think it's, like, it does enough – and I don't think you can say this for a lot of – prequel you know spin-off things like mm. it it has more than enough to like justify its existence exactly it's a re- like it's my it's not my favorite hunger games book but it's definitely like it's maybe like my second right and like i think it's a really strong piece of like young adult literature <laughs> yeah but like it it's not like i remember when it came out and i was like oh this isn't gonna be good and then i like devoured it and i was like this is such a strong interesting piece of work that like has a point and it's yeah. not just like a, it's not a cash grab yes and exactly. i think that's the most important thing yeah and like, i think i think the movie does well in in the same thing and that it's not it doesn't feel um yeah like a cash grab or derivative like it is its own thing and it, it so clearly lives in that universe but it it's um it's also different and we get yeah. to see like um you know, like a grimy capital and like yeah. unsophisticated games. And 
Um, yeah, I just think in the age of like tired reboots and, yeah. you know, Fast and Furious 11, even though I love those movies, like, um, this was an interesting thing that actually had something to say and wasn't just like, yes, you know, the Hunger Games, come see the Hunger Games movie. Yes. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> that was my evil. Yes. So yeah, Suzanne, I'm sure she's been, um, writing another one. I wouldn't be surprised if we get another book and mm. then a movie, let's hope. And I think like, honestly, if she were to do it, like standalone, like prequel series, like that would be so interesting. I would be interested in like who else would you want to see like a Hamish prequel because yeah. like he he was in the quarter quell where it was 50 people well yeah so they doubled it and like i mean like mags <laughs> i want to see that old bag well a mags prequel of course <laughs> hello she died and like all of the victors from like the quarter quell give us a joanna mason <laughs> prequel give uh-huh. us Finnick O'Dare, we love him. Anakin. Oh, yes. I'd watch a Finnick spin off anything. Like, <sighs> and he needs the work. Oh, Sam Clapton. <laughs> What's he been up to? He needs the oh, work. he was in Daisy Jones and the Six. Really? Yeah. Is he still hot? Um, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Oh. I think actually I watched 20 minutes of the first episode and I said no. Right. I'm surprised that seems like a James Howe show. <laughs> it is a it is very much a novel that I read on a plane in okay. one sitting. And I feel okay. like that's the vibe of um, like all of those books. So before we go through the Rubik, did you last chance for who was that of the week? <gasps> who was that? Who I feel like I've got one. <laughs> oh, it's coming to me. No, I don't no, think you have one. I don't. That's okay. We'll just have a think for next week. Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, are we letting this movie through our gate? Well, normally I check the criteria on my phone. <laughs> Okay, let's do it from memory. <laughs> quality. Quality. I think it does have enough quality for me to slip it through, mm. to be honest. Yeah, I think based on the novel. It's well made. Yeah, too. it's a good It's a good film. It, yep. It's like structurally, not structurally, but like, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> does it benefit the queer agenda? Massively. <laughs> Massively. Oh, this is a gay guy blockbuster. This is a gay guy blockbuster, it Supreme is. Deluxe. Um, also, I feel like, and I feel like this says everything that needs to be said about it. Not heard one word about, um, what's his name? Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Yeah. What do you mean? Like no one's like said anything about him in this Oh, film. yeah. And I feel like, yeah, it was very one note. I mean, he doesn't. Doesn't do much. The char- that's what the character is to me. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not. Like I wouldn't ding his acting or anything. I no. think he's fine in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, does it benefit the queer well, agenda? Yes. I mean, if you can show me another blockbuster from this year that with rainbow snakes, bitch, and a man wearing a skirt, yeah. like then you know, literally. <laughs> um, does it slay? I'll say yeah. It does. Okay. Schaefer alone. Yes, she slayed. <laughs> when Lucy she was Gray. wearing that outfit at the, when she went to watch the Hunger Games. Oh my do you remember? god! Yes that, yes, that pink little. That's a James Howe Halloween costume if I've ever seen. Oh one. god! Yes, it is. <laughs> Old lady. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> You'll be playing the grandma. Vanilla oh, Flanagan. The Capitol. <laughs> Panem today. What does he say? It's a bit flat. <laughs> Gagged her. Yes. Got her. I need um, to learn to sing, by the way. That's I really want to learn how to sing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, does it slay? Does it matter for yes? Does it matter um, for queer agenda? Is it is it a classic? I'm gonna say yeah. I think just because I think it's like a it's memorable part, entry into yeah. the Hunger Games um, universe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And was I gagged? Was I gagged? I mean, I think like. I, at times, I 100% was. Yeah, there was a few moments. I, there was one particular moment where I remember jumping, but I don't remember what it was. Right, great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Francis Lawrence still got it. 
And Tom Blythe, call me if you can. Rachel Ziegler, let's connect. Let's link up. The strike is over. Um, Tom Blythe, I need you. (laughs) Wow. And we'll end on that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Give us a rating and a review. Gatekeeping pod on Instagram. Worst James, Sam Sam X McGowan. Yes, thank you. Bye. Bye.